You're listening to the Script Lab Podcast. I'm Shaney Edwards. Today I speak with Hannah Pearl Oot and Jen Tulloch, writers of the adorable indie comedy Before You Know It, which Hannah also directed. Hannah and Jen star as sisters from a dysfunctional family who discover their birth mother, played by Judith Light, isn't dead, but alive and acting on a popular soap opera. Mandy Patinkin and Alec Baldwin also star. I was excited to talk to Hannah and Jen because they developed their film through the elusive Sundance Filmmaker Labs, something I've personally been rejected from numerous times. Luckily, Hannah and Jen shared their advice on applying to the labs and the one thing that ended up being a game changer and helped them get in. Hi, Hannah and Jen. Jen, why don't you start by telling us how you thought the two of you could get together and make a movie. We came from a very DIY uh, background, and literally though, because we both were really into building fairy houses as children. So we thought, well, if you want to make a movie, then you just do it, right? And then 10 years later. 10 years later, yeah. <laughs> That's all, it. only That 10. easy. <laughs> it's just that easy. Um... So I read that uh, you kind of went through the Sundance Lab program. Yeah, we um, super went through the Sundance Lab program. <laughs> I'm going to ask you a few questions about that, if that's okay. Of course, yeah. We I love talking about it. Oh, good, because I've tried desperately <laughs> to get into the Screenwriters Lab. Join Maybe the club. Maybe I'm not as good as you, but I've never been able to even, you know, break we, any barriers. Uh, we were rejected the first time we applied with this project. This, this script. Uh-huh. We've okay. both been rejected from the episodic lab. Yes, we have. Congratulations. Um, I toast you, but you're holding my coffee. It took, I, I had submitted like two shorts to the festival that didn't get in before um, the one that we wrote and produced and were in got in partners, which is how we started to meet people at the institution. Um, but it took our producer, Mallory Schwartz, applying to the creative producers labs. Um, so it, they're curating a group for each lab, and it's so timing dependent and project dependent, and it, there really is no, um, it's not about merit. I'll put it that way. I mean, a lot of it is about merit, but I mean, I, I just know so many brilliant people who have been rejected many, Same. many times. and most Successful of, writer and directors. And most of the people I know who have gone through one of their programs have also been rejected um, because it's, you know, it's a small, it's small. I also think because it is about timing, we could have applied with any number of previous incarnations of this script and it wouldn't have made sense. Not because they weren't as good as that version, but because that version happened to be what made sense to incubate at that time. Yeah. And so, yes, that's kind of an unhelpful response. But It was a combination of where we were at um, in our careers and in our shared work and where the project was and its journey. Now you said your producer got into the producing lab. Mm -hmm. Now did she submit a script for that? Was it your script? It was. So this was after the um, screenwriters lab, after we'd been rejected. <laughs> I love talking about this. <laughs> From the screenwriters lab once. Um, but we had taken their feedback and worked on the script a lot so they could see the progress that we had made um, <clears throat> and they could see Mallory's influence on the project as well um, and so it was 
you know, it was the same script but different, farther along. And then you were in the directing lab. Mm -hmm. So what did you learn there that you didn't know? I learned, I think I learned more about myself and the kind of um, stories I want to tell than I did about the actual craft of directing. And I think that's what they're, that's their magic power. Um, they're all about getting the artist in touch with kind of like the truest part of, of who they are um, in order to use that as a way to access everything else. Does that make sense? Uh, that's kind of bullshitty. Um, it, it sounds bullshitty. They are really good at helping directors identify um, their greatest fears. Oh. That's what it is. So do you mind if I ask then? What was your greatest fear? Um, yeah, for me, uh, my the, the biggest way that I get in my own way is by not um, owning my work enough. And I had created a lot of distance between myself and this story, and it was affecting my character. We didn't really know who my character was. Um, and as soon as we were able to identify why that was happening, we were like, oh, th well, that's Rachel's problem. <laughs> that's what Rachel does. Um, so you were literally able to translate your own issue into the character. Yeah. Um, and, and that's not to say that they're trying to make everybody tell a story that is autobiographical, but they want to make sure that um, the work is is coming from a really authentic place. I think they also, I mean, I can really speak from a, the writing side of it, but they also helped me understand that most of the time the simpler version is the more honest version. Mm -hmm. I think there was a lot of, in the earlier years of trying to figure out how to write, which we did with this script, which is part of why it's so special, because we've made other things since we started writing this, but this was the original. And I think in those earlier years, maybe it was because I started as an actor, maybe it was because I just had the sort of superfluous way of communicating that a lot of millennials do, but I think that learning how to pare things down in order to just like see the nugget of truth in each scene and, and then make that active, instead of trying to make a piece of theater for no reason, that was something that I think I was bringing to a lot to our work in the earlier years, and the, going through the labs helped refine that for sure. So how did you get into the lab? What did you submit? Well, we submitted together, okay. since we, we wrote this movie together, yes, yes. right? So we... Uh, the last week of the directing lab is a screenwriter's lab. Okay. And right. then Jen was there also acting in the scenes. Oh, So she was great. there for the, the last two, or the... Three weeks. I was just there for a week first. Right, you yeah. were there for a week before, and then I came as an actor to do the scenes, and then they tag the screenwriting labs at the end. So mm -hmm. she was there for most of the the journey of transforming it. Did you invite her to come and be an actor, or was that a different process? Um, I did, yeah. That, they, um, they give you the option because some directors, um, you know, you talk about it with your advisors, whether it would be more helpful mm -hmm. to work with um, an actor who is totally different from the person that you'll be working with, or... Um, you know, someone impartial or whatever, but I thought it would be more beneficial given my anxieties about the movie um, to be able to act.
actually work through things in real time with Jen. And we were also able to, I think, double dutch in that way because even during the rec- the director labs where, I mean, my job in essence every day was to act in the scenes, we were still discussing story and refining story as writers at night. So we did kind of get to, I mean, it was a two birds, one stone scenario. days into the lab, it became clear that we needed to do a page one rewrite. So the scenes that we were workshopping were scenes we knew would never be in the movie. And so we had to use them as... Um, story exercises. Yeah, as moments that we needed to have in a movie that weren't there yet and kind of use the dialogue as just dialogue, just that. And the labs take place in Utah. Mm-hmm. They do. Out in a beautiful, uh, the Sundance Resort, um, which is just like in the middle of nature and there are babbling brooks, or we, we like to call the one that runs through the campus a screaming brook. It's, a, it's like a raving lunatic quite a, brook. It's quite a violent brook. Um, but, you know, it's the most beautiful landscape, but everyone there is so kind. So even on the days when you do get reduced to dust, <laughs> it's still a lovely place to be. Yeah, because it's critiques, and it's all, I mean, it was, it's like 13-hour days. Um, and Luckily, there's a wonderful bar nonstop. right at the center of the campus. It's true. They do a good job of, of creating the experience of being on set um, so that you can develop muscle memory when you're at your most exhausted to still take risks. Um, so what advice would you have for someone like me who's got this indie script that I love, I really want to workshop it in Sundance. What can I do? Is there any advice? Have you... Um, it helps to... Do you have a producer yet? No. No producer. Um, I would say for applying, I think the most important thing to focus on is your story and why you are the person to tell that story. Um, and why you must tell that story now um, and keep it really cl- close to yourself, I think. Do you think it's Do helpful? you think that's true? I do think that's true. Um, yeah, I think... Uh, but, I mean, I think on the technical side, you're right, that it does help to have someone not only advocating for you but offering another version of what you're trying to articulate, you know, Um it was it was a game changer when when Mallory came on board for us, and I think that finding that person you know that's going to be your cheerleader and and help you stay sort of within the bumpers would be huge. That makes total sense to me, and it's great advice. And I know my listeners will be really happy to get that advice. Cool. So good. let's talk a little bit about the actual movie. Um, it was, like I said, it was really funny, but yet heartfelt, and there is some tragedy in it. How did you guys, as writers, balance the tone between the you know, comedy and the drama? That was less a conscious choice, and more so, I think, the way that we cope. <laughs> um, we, I Personally. Think a thing, one of the primary things that drew us together as friends all those years ago was that we processed pain through humor. Um, and not in, in an attempt to avoid the pain, but in an attempt to navigate it. And so in this story with a really larger-than-life premise, it kind of fell in line that the characters would live that way as well. I mean, there, there are moments of levity and, and um, farce and, and joy it, because that's how life is, you know, I, I think anyway, we think. Um, and oftentimes, you know, we, 
I've never had a day that was just made of abject joy or made of abject sorrow. I feel like it's always punctuated with other moments. That's the topography of being alive. And I think we were just trying to find that and mostly just be honest, just tell the truth. And if it went that way, then it went that way. But we were never trying to say, okay, well, then this will be a great funny scene. Well, it's about... It's mostly about codependency and a codependent relationship and a series of codependent relationships within this family. And I think, for me, a big part of that um, or, or relationships in my life that resemble that codependent dynamic, um, the reason they get unhealthy is because I love these people so much, um, despite and because of their flaws oftentimes. So that kind of push and pull of um, hilarity and disappointment, I think permeated the whole, the whole thing. Mandy Patankin plays your dad, Mel. Mm-hmm. He's so, obviously he's so good <laughs> at everything. Um, but he plays sort of this archetype of the misunderstood, frustrated artist you know, nobody can get him right. Is that something that you identify with, or do you know someone in your life like that? I think it was less us identifying personally with that and more wanting to see a flawed, specifically man, in a time when he felt like his something was being taken from him because he was no longer considered the only opinion in the room. And what that would look like for two women to be living in the wake of that kind of energy, someone that siphons all of the energy out of the room because he needs to be the primary voice, but also someone that's very lovable and vulnerable and fun. And the ultimate example of a person who can't get out of his own way, who's sort of um, chronically making his life harder for himself because you see you see Rachel taking on all of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and Jackie choosing to do the same thing. Right. So the two sisters sort of, you know, went opposite ways. Rachel decided she would never do that, and Jackie decided that she would mimic that. And I think sort of ignore all of her issues where Rachel is trying desperately to get out of them. Even though she's, she is becoming Mal slowly. Yeah. By controlling everybody. That's true. <laughs> <laughs> well, we all have known people like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then, so you guys uh, play sisters, and there's just, I love movies about sisters, because there's so much going on. There's love, there's hate, there's jealousy. Um, tell me what that was like, creating the sisters. Did you mirror it from your own relationship and your own personalities? In some ways. I, I have a close relationship with my sister, um, but I, I actually don't know that that's manifested. Yeah, Jackie and there's Rachel. not a lot of Jackie and Rachel that is. It's probably more me and you than it is you and your sister. Yeah, I think Jackie and Rachel are definitely splashier, or perhaps more overt versions of the things we fear about ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, it was less about how we connect as friends and more about what our worst fears are about each other and ourselves and how we've. Uh, navigated that together in our friendship. And I will say the part of being a sister that I think uh, was tied into that is that um, you wind up living in opposition to somebody else. It 
it can become hard to know what you are like without this other person that you're constantly mm-hmm. um, maneuvering around to sort of define yourself. Um, and I think that's a Rachel and Jackie thing for sure. Yes. Uh, Rachel can't be the fun one. Jackie's the fun one. Right. And Jackie, Jackie can't be the get- responsible one because Rachel's the responsible one. I, it's the, there can only be one role per slot. I think fallacy I have that I don't have a sister I have a brother who's actually the composer of our film but I I have I had a version of that growing up with him I I only knew who I was in relation to him for a long time because we were quite close and close in age and I think that ultimately what Rachel and Jackie realize in their own ways is that they have to figure out what their individual voice is outside of the other so what's your writing process like? Do you guys sit in a room? Do you email drafts back and forth? How does it that work? It evolved a lot over time. We found in the end something that worked for us and specifically worked for this script. Mm-hmm. In the earlier years, I think before we had really found a cadence with it, we would try writing together side by side in a bed with some tequila. Or we would, <laughs> I would write that. and she would edit and she would write and I would edit. And ultimately what happened, and it was a blessing when we realized that Hannah, it was Hannah's film to direct because at that point we were able to sort of um, pour a little more water in her glass. So the last couple of rewrites, she really took the first pass and took was at the helm of those. And then I would come in and just punch stuff up or edit tiny things here and there. So it it grew with us and it grew with the script. It went from more of a volleying situation to finding how I could support um, and complement what she was doing in building the story. And then making some changes on set too, getting to a scene and realizing that we were missing a big turn and that we needed to work that in. Mm-hmm. Um, so keeping it flexible. Can you think of an example? Yeah, and the... Um, after the, they get the ex- explanation for the background actors, um, I think it used to just be that they get they get swept up or Jackie pulls Rachel in. Um, and the, the, we never really had that moment of the decision being made, um, of Jackie asking to see Sherelle because she needs to see Sherelle and Rachel... Um, letting Jackie cross that boundary basically um, and realized in the moment when we had like you know five minutes to finish the scene or whatever that we had to write that quick little scene that exchange um, that I think wound up being crucial for pushing us into that next act mm-hmm. so we should say that your birth mom is played by Judith Light mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. did she have a connection to Sundance as well yeah she was so they give you a casting director for the director's labs and you get a list of names and Judith was on the list because Edie Belasco was our casting director who did Transparent and Got it. Um, so we made an offer to her and she read the script and she had just someone had just told her that she should consider doing the labs because they're such a great experience for actors and they're so in the Judith spirit um, collaborative and, and very theatery and very mm-hmm. much about finding the story and mm-hmm. um, she just she dove right in she showed up and was and she was a Angel. star an immediate mother figure and understood her character better than we did wow um, fascinating so we learned a lot from her about 
really about what our movie was about, I think. And somehow, as a woman with, as a person with not only more years on the earth, but more years in the business, was able to communicate with that that with us so lovingly and in a way that only felt helpful and never didactic or condescending. It was just she really wanted to be, to have a hand in creating this character because she loved Sherelle and I think before we figured out how to love Sherelle. Yeah, and saw it as an opportunity to humanize um, a a trope that we have seen before um, and and we have seen stigmatized before. Mm -hmm. Yeah, she was really good and I'm so glad to hear that it was you know so informative and helpful for her presence on set and in the film makes a big difference yes also just to set the tone for how uh, what we expected of everybody she brought such openness and I mean her work ethic is insane she you won't hear her complain on long days you won't hear her complain when you know we were running out of time or we were making last minute changes and she just she just wanted to work. Yeah. And I think that that's a really remarkable thing to see in someone who's as successful as she is. In the film, um, Jen, your character Jackie has a daughter. Mm-hmm. And I think it was really smart to include that character. And I'm wondering if you can talk a little bit about how you came to the decision that you had this daughter. Sure. In earlier years, Josh was much younger. Uh, in some earlier incarnations of the script, she was like six or seven. And as the story started to change, for many reasons, it made more sense for her to be old enough to have sort of a sentient opinion about what was going on, to be a witness to things. And I think, you know, when you're looking at Rachel and Jackie spending all of their time trying to get to the bottom of what happened to them in their own parent situation, and then in doing so, completely leaving Dodge to her own devices... That was a huge important uh, dynamic to see in this family unit generationally. And also, I think Dodge brings out things in both Rachel and Jackie that you wouldn't see otherwise. I love some of my favorite scenes in the film of Hannah's performance or Rachel interacting with Dodge because it's her kindest and her warmest. And I think, you know, Jackie is uncomfortable. We wanted Jackie to be someone who was uncomfortable in her own role as a parent. She was, we had always said she loves Dodge, but she's terrified of her. <laughs> she's terrified of her own kid and what that looks like. And she was sort of that character. I mean, Jackie was sort of crafted on some people that I know in my real life and, and love, but um, that had that approach to parenting. Mm-hmm. And so also just, just generationally, because Jackie and Rachel have been raised in this um, sort of Petri dish of, old school New York theater and and jazz and all of that, what would it look like for a 13-year-old to be coming, I mean, coming of age in such a literal way, you know, dealing with becoming an adult the way Dodge does, what would it look like to happen against that landscape? Yeah, and can she be the the hope for the family to actually interact with the world (laughs) (laughs) and grow up? I personally, I love seeing the generational, the effects of the one parent has on the next generation and on the next generation you know because it's it that felt very relatable to me like coming from my own dysfunctional family you know it's like I don't have kids but I could I would hope that I don't <laughs> or wouldn't <laughs> pass on the dysfunction but you can't help it right it's yeah just of kinda, course it's kind of there right so yeah, I want to give a shout out to your web series disengaged thanks thanks 
um, everybody should find it. It's on YouTube or? Well, well. you can find <laughs> the pilot on YouTube, but uh, Super Deluxe no longer exists, the company we made it with. And they pulled all of their shows from the internet. So I don't yet know where you'll be able to find it. We're working on getting it out on um, either a different platform or back on YouTube. But in the meantime, check out Watch the, pilot. the pilot. Yeah, the pilot's great. It'll be a nice little teaser. Fantastic. Appetite. I'm confident you'll get it up there. Thank you. I hope so. <laughs> Try Funny or Die, maybe. Maybe. Yeah, maybe. Yeah. Um, so what's next? What are you guys going to do next? Uh, we're we're working on a couple of different things. I uh, I just finished the second draft of my next script, um, which is a queer rom com for Jen to star in. And but you wrote it alone. Yeah. Okay. Although I'm sure Jen will be doing plenty of punching up on set. Um, <laughs> she'll change the whole thing. You heard it here, okay? If I don't see that credit. <laughs> um, and it's called Goldilocks, and it's about someone who's obsessed with excellence in their career who's postponed romance in order to achieve a certain level of um, success. So the opposite of Jackie. Um, <laughs> and finally feels that they're at a place to find the perfect partner, and um, it's basically about what happens when you apply that kind of twisted <laughs> logic to romance. Will you direct that? Yeah. That's great. Yeah. Well, and Jen has a show about to come out that she wrote on and is in. Thank you. Mm -hmm. Hannah's also managing me at present. (laughs) Uh, Yes, I wrote with our dear friend Nora Kirkpatrick uh, on a new show for Funny or Die, actually, called The Coop, which comes out in September on a new platform called Echo. And I am also in it. Uh, It's a series? It's a series, yes. And eight episodes. And uh, I'm working on a feature, yes, about something that happened to me um, that I'm also writing on my own and will very scarily be my first time directing a feature. So um, I may be absconding with Hannah to an island for a while. Um, So I may learn some of her ways. And other than that, we're both, you know, we're spinning a couple of plates. We're peddling our wares. We're available for hire. (laughs) (laughs) We have a couple, uh, we have, we also have a couple shows in development that we're trying to get off the ground. But those are the two big ones that we're excited about. So are you going to write together again? I don't know in this capacity that we will. I think we'll always collaborate and always be around each other's work. Um, But one of the great gifts of this film was figuring out the best version of our dynamic because we love working together. And I think starting as writing partners and ending up as people that are creative collaborators but not necessarily married feels like the way we're going to do our best and favorite work. Yeah. Fantastic. Well, uh, I wish you the absolute best with this movie. And um, I hope I get to talk to you again when your other projects come alive. Yeah, Yeah. us too. Thank you. Thank you so much.